It's the 401, episode 17. It is February 28th. We are recording this Friday night. I'm your host, Tanner Ward. And with me today, it's not Nick Dushkit as always. It is a new guy. It is one Cody Smother. Say hello, Cody. What's up? Cody will be on the um, fantasy team when we finally get the fight up and running. He will be working on some fantasy baseball and football with us. So you'll probably be hearing his name. Once we get those podcasts up and running, you're hearing his name a lot more. Uh, you can follow us at 401 pod on Twitter. The tweets follow me at Tanner Ward seven. Cody, can they follow you anywhere? Uh, I'll have to uh, look that up later. Cause I don't know <laughs> it off the top of my head. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, leave us a five-star review on Apple podcast. Give us some feedback. Uh, obviously follow us on Spotify and Google podcasts and many others. All right. So, uh, look at today's show. We're going to talk about some NFL quarterback carousel as that is picking up with some Tom Brady news. Uh, we're going to talk about the combine a little bit, uh, just some fun stuff with that. Uh, we're going to look at, oh, with the quarterback discussion, we're going to be talking about where we think players will go, including some out of the draft. We're going to talk about some NFL free agency, mostly tight ends there. Uh, then we're going to talk some baseball with spring training heating up. We're going to get into a little baseball discussion. We'll probably do an NL Central preview, and then we'll see where we're at. We might do a little bit more. Uh, we'll probably also predict maybe some playoff, way too early playoff predictions, our division winners and playoff predictions. Uh, a little surprise idiot of the week, and we will send you out with movie recommendations of the week. Before we jump into the quarterback carousel, Cody, why don't we uh, talk a little bit about you for a second? Me and Smothers here went to high school together. Uh, he's a fantasy enthusiast. I believe you've won my baseball league and football league the last two years or the last past season. So I don't know if I won baseball. I've, I think I finished. Did I win? I don't know if I won baseball. I think I finished like top three, but I don't know if I ended up winning. I was. I feel like you won, but I honestly don't remember. Yeah, it's been so – it's already, what, been so long. Once, yeah, football, been, once football takes over. <laughs> that would have been September, yeah. Yeah, before we really get anything, you'll probably hear my dog again. We're recording in my house, so if you hear something shaking or uh, sniffing a mic, that is just Bo. Uh, he makes he makes a couple podcasts here and there. Well, I have two kids, so. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear a child screaming, don't be alarmed. <laughs> That is just Smothers, one of Smothers' child. All right, let's jump right into the NFL quarterback carousel. So, obviously, me and Nick have discussed this on some other podcasts. I think we have a little bit clearer picture now. It's still very cloudy, but it's a little bit clearer. So, some of your big-name free agents, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston. You also have Andy Dalton, Derek Carr, probably most likely getting traded. And then, of course, you have the rookies, bigger names, Joe Burrow, uh, Tua, Justin Herbert. And I made a, a little bit of a list here of uh, teams that possibly need a quarterback. These are either teams that desperately need one or might be needing one towards the end of the list. But So you have the Colts, Chargers, Raiders, Bengals, Dolphins. They are probably getting a new quarterback for this year. The Jaguars are a team that might be looking at a new quarterback. The Patriots, if Tom Brady doesn't come back. The Bucks, if they don't bring Jameis back. Uh, I still think the Bears are going to explore their options after just a dreadful year by um, 
by Trubisky, and then the Titans if they're unable to re-sign Tannehill. So we're going to get into all that. Uh, how do you want to kick this off? I guess you just pick a quarterback, we'll go with it. Yeah, I've got so them I all think, written down here. Me too. <laughs> Going old school, a little pen and paper, still the best way to do things. Tom Brady's going to be the one to make the dominoes fall. Like Wherever he signs, that's going to kick everything off. Uh, a lot of reports out right now are that him going back to New England is a small chance. And frankly, I just don't really. I just I'm seeing a lot of reports. It's being picked up on a lot of the big talk shows because a lot of people I talk to get most of their information from there. And that's what they've been saying. It's like it's not looking good for Brady to be going back to New England. Oh, I'm sitting here thinking that's still the best possibility for him. I still think Tom Brady is a Patriot next year. I think one of the things that's going to get worked out first is possibly the CBA, which is not looking good right now. So that may not actually happen. But then the other thing is now the cap space. They're saying that the cap could increase from 188 million last year to 2020 being 200 million. And if that's the case, a lot of teams are going to be able to spend a lot more money this offseason, including the Patriots. So I heard, I did not read this. I heard it that the Patriots are waiting for that cap to become official before they offer Tom Brady. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I could see him easily going back, but I could see some team like Vegas throwing him a lot of money. Yeah. Trying, I, to, put, trying to put butts in the seats. Exactly. I think that the Patriots are most likely, if I had to bet money, I'm taking the Pats. And I think my the next two best options, in my opinion, is he would be the first quarterback of the Las Vegas Raiders or he goes out to Tennessee, which I feel like Tennessee has been more of a hot rumor. You know, they had the rumor of him and Giselle checking out schools there. But I'd still – I think they're top three right now in this discussion. Well, I mean, Mike Vrabel. Yeah. From the Belichick tree. You think it would be weird to uh, – have your coach be someone you used to play with? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I've like I feel like you see it maybe in baseball a little bit. You probably saw it in basketball in recent years, like the failed Jason Kidd experiment. But how old I is just, Mike? How old is Mike Frable? Probably early forties. So mid- they're about the same age. <laughs> <laughs> they, they might honestly be. Uh, Vrabel looks good. I'll say that. Let's look. Mike. Of course, he still has his uh, man package intact because they did not win the Super Bowl. Did you hear that story? No. He was on a podcast before the season. It was uh, Taylor Lewans, his left tackle, and said he would cut off his penis to win a Super Bowl. And they went to the AFC Championship. So people were a little worried about him. Yeah, that's that's a little extreme. <laughs> uh, Mike Vrabel is 44. Tom Brady is 42. Hmm. I thought he was 43. So just imagine this is more relatable, especially to us. Just imagine like your sophomore year of high school, there's a senior above you. And then by your senior year, he's your head coach. <laughs> I, mean, I guess it could happen. I have, I mean, <laughs> crazier things have happened. <laughs> uh, I think the next domino to fall is going to be Phillip Rivers. I only wrote one team down for him because it just makes – it makes too much sense not to happen. That's the Indianapolis Colts. He could be reunited with Frank Reich, who used to be his OC in San Diego, I believe before they went to Las 
Angeles, I think. I'm not completely sure on that. But similar offenses, I think he just fits that bill very well. Well, I had Indy down as well as my number one. But then I also just wrote down either Florida team because that's where he moved his family to. So it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me. And that's a that's a big commitment to move, you know, 30 people. Yeah, after you <laughs> yeah, after you just announced that you were not going to retire, you moved to Florida. How many U-Hauls do you think it takes to move the Philip Rivers family? That's a tractor trailer, at least. <laughs> and, you know, Rivers, he commuted from San Diego to Los Angeles when they moved. That's a long commute if he would sign an Indy <laughs> from Florida to Indy. <laughs> he'd, have to, he'd have to move there by himself. Yeah. So I don't really see the Tampa Bay thing. And I think I discussed this on an earlier podcast, but like Bruce Arians, he loves to chuck the ball down the field. You know, he's notorious for being the kind of coach that calls a lot of deep passes and no one's worse at deep passes than Phillip Rivers. Like he would throw more (laughs) than 30. He's going to throw more than 30 interceptions next year in a Bruce Arians offense. So I don't see him fitting there. I just, I don't see Miami taking rivers when I feel like they're going to want to try and get a guy in this draft, unless they're fully set on Trevor Lawrence next year, which is a possibility, but I don't really see him going with rivers this year, but I would put the dolphins over the uh, bucks. Yeah. Is Fitzpatrick. He's not a free agent. What's he got left on his deal? That's a good question. I thought he was out of town. I when but, I looked at the list earlier, I didn't see his name on the free agent list. Yeah, I didn't see him either now that you mention it. It was a two-year deal. And they still have Josh Rosen. So is he yeah. going to get traded for this second year in a row? <laughs> well, let's see. Who's going to have the worst offense next year? Because that might be <laughs> where Rosen might land. Could you imagine your first three years in the NFL? You have <laughs> four, what, four different head coaches and three different teams. Bad was luck. it no because uh his coach made it through that whole year he went through a different offense coordinator that's what it was they fired uh who was their offense coordinator his rookie year and then By- uh byron leftwich took over i have no idea for arizona ken, i have no ken, idea i almost said ken Wisenhunt. that was their <laughs> that's their old head coach and they went <laughs> the rollback name but yeah so they still have fits and Rosen, so they're definitely not signing a guy. They still might draft a guy, and you know that that might, that actually makes Tua it makes Tua make even more sense for them because with his hip, you can guarantee him sitting a year at least. Who picks first in the draft, the Chargers or the Dolphins? Like as far as like trading up? No, I think the Chargers have. Oh, you mean like be- actually on it? Yeah, they pick before the Dolphins, right? No, it's Dolphins five, Chargers six. Oh, see, I think Tua could go to the Chargers. I could, yeah, I could see that. Get him closer to home. But then they're still going to bring in somebody for a year because Tua is not going to be ready. I'm going to throw this out there. This is a little bit off the uh, quarterback carousel. But with three picks in the first round, do the Dolphins take a running back? Are they dumb enough to waste a first-round pick on a running back? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, you, have a, you have a chance to really get some good weapons out there. I feel like 
like your running back should be one of your lowest priorities just yeah. because you get them on rookie contracts, you don't have to pay them. And we've seen it all over the NFL. Like every year you see a guy break out who was a former third stringer or a practice squad guy. Like it happens all the time. Running backs are the most, uh, they're the highest turnover as far as a position goes. Like, would they really spend a first round pick on a running back? No, they can't. I mean, not to be a homer, but Philip Lindsay was undrafted and he's rushed for 2,000 yards two straight years. Yes. So if you don't know, Smothers is a Bronco fan. It's going to be a very interesting fantasy podcast whenever football season comes back around because I'm a Packer fan. You are a Bronco fan. And Matt Mormon, who will be joining us at some point eventually, I hope, is a Ravens fan. So we're going to be all over the board. We're all (laughs) – which. I think he lives in uh, Kentucky now, but we we were all in the southeast area, southeast Missouri area for a while, <laughs> and we're just all over the map. Uh, me and a guy at work today were having a similar discussion of do the Packers pay Aaron Jones? So he's had a great year. He's probably going to have a great year next year. Do they waste cap space on Aaron Jones? Is it contract time for him? Uh, he's close. Him and Jamal Williams just had their third year. So I should, would I would pay him. Yeah, but like the the top ten paid running backs this year, three of them made the playoffs. One was Jarek McKinnon, who wasn't even playing. The other two were both on the Texans. So only two teams made it to the playoffs with a top ten paid running back. Well, I mean, you don't gotta make him a top ten, but you he's gonna he's gonna get paid. He just had what nineteen touchdowns. Was it that many? Holy cow. It was a lot. <laughs> but what would he have been? What would the Packers have been without Aaron Jones? Uh, they would have been the same with Jamal Williams. You think so? Uh, Not as, uh, I don't think as good on the ground. But here's the thing. If they don't have Aaron Jones, I think it's another guy there who's still maybe splitting touchdowns with Jamal Williams. I don't think it's that big of a difference, though. Like, yeah. That really helped in the red zone, handing off to Aaron Jones a lot. He had 16 on the ground, three in there. So, yeah, 19 total. But I just – I don't know, man. I just don't want to pay a running back. I love Aaron Jones. I just don't want to pay a running back. What about this? They draft – what about the Packers? Just uh, Jonathan Taylor late in the first. Whoa. No. <laughs> no, Not in the first? We either need to address defense or take a receiver there. What about in the second? Keep him in Wisconsin. If Jonathan Taylor makes it to the Packers pick in the second round, maybe. How much do you think they could get in a trade for Aaron Jones right now? At least a second. You think they'd get a second for a running back? The Broncos traded Emmanuel Sanders for a third and a fifth. It's true. I don't know if I'd – man. Yeah. I don't know. Over 30. It's looking good, though. And he had just come off a uh, torn Achilles. It's true. All right, let's get back to the quarterback carousel. We really, <laughs> I'm really bad about getting off topic. So we so, two. <laughs> so back to Indy. Mm-hmm. If they sign Rivers, what do you think the possibility of them trading Jacoby? I almost think they go into the season with both of them. If they can't, if no one's going to pay for Joe, uh, Jacoby, if no one's going to give them a 
what would you take for him? Like, what's the bottom line? Fourth, fifth rounder? What the think? Colts? The Colts gave up what a first round pick for him when they traded for him, right? Was it, was, it, a, it wasn't a first. What was it? I don't remember what it was. What about the Patriots trading for Jacoby back? They let Tom walk and bring Jacoby <laughs> back. That would be interesting. I don't know if they'd take Jacoby back. Yeah, I think they were they were higher on Garoppolo than they were Jacoby. I think they maybe it was a third round pick they gave for Jacoby. I think it it was straight up for Philip Dorsett. I think you might be right. I just Googled it. That is ridiculous. <laughs> God. Well, Philip Dorsett, field stretcher, highly underutilized in uh, in New England. <laughs> That's crazy. That, that, I can't wrap my head around that. Just a quarterback straight up for a receiver, which – I mean, Philip Dor- Dorsett was the first-round pick. And Jacoby was the third stringer at that point because they still had Jimmy G. <laughs> Good for the Colts. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I kind of think they let Jacoby and Phillip Rivers battle it out in training camp for the starting job. I think if Rivers signs, it's his job. Uh, and that might – you know, as I said that, it's like, well, Rivers probably isn't signing if he's not guaranteed a starting yeah. position. He's too old to go into a quarterback battle. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, he becomes like, uh, what's his name? From Major League, spoiler, to end of the show, Taylor, going into the uh, catcher battle at, as old as he was. All right, back on point. <laughs> we did it again. We did it again. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston are the next three notable free agents. Uh I will say it. Jameis, I think, goes back to Tampa Bay. Yeah, same. That's what I have written down. Now, Tannehill and Teddy, those are two very interesting ones because I think Tennessee has to offer him a contract. Like You got to do your due diligence there. He was great for you down the stretch. So they got to pay Derrick Henry too, though. How but much do money? They? But do they? Wouldn't you? Why not take a running back in the first round and replace him? I mean, would you I guess. Ra- would you rather give up your salary cap for Derrick Henry, or would you rather give up your first round pick so your draft capital? Which cap would you rather give up? High end draft capital or a lot of cap money for a running back? And honestly, you they probably don't even have to take one in the first round. You don't think so? Take no. like DeAndre Swift or Jonathan Taylor. No, they could. I mean, there's still a couple they could grab. But that fit, like they need that bruiser, that that bruiser style. They can't go get like a uh, what's his name out of LSU. That's slipping my mind. Yeah, it's slipping uh, mine too. Yeah, um, I almost said Darius Geis, but that's not. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, no, he's got two names, like two, like a hyphen in there, and I've been watching so much XFL. That when I think of a hyphenated name, I just think of uh, Pearson L. Demorne Pearson L. But uh, but yeah, like J.K. Dobbins, I don't out of uh, Ohio State. I don't think those guys fit. I almost think they got to pay up for either Swift or Taylor if they're going to let Henry walk. But I've also said on previous show, I feel like if the Titans pay Tannehill, which they're going to have to overpay for, and if they pay Derrick Henry, which is overpaying, every second contract of a running back seems to be an overpay. 
if they sign both of them, re-sign both of them, I feel like the Titans peaked this year with the uh, trip to the AFC Championship game. I feel like if they're going to pay both of them, I f- the one they would want to keep would be Henry. I think yeah. – I mean, there's – I mean – they could easily go out and get a Bridgewater or something. Well, I don't know about easily. Like Tannehill's going to be the cheapest one out of the five we just said. This is what this will be his third or fourth contract already, won't it? For Tannehill. Tannehill. This will be his third. So he doesn't have to have a lot of money, and it, I mean, if the cap goes up, yeah. That's the thing. If this cap goes up, like this could be one of the better free agent periods. And they're the last couple of years, they've all been kind of crazy. But if teams get an extra twelve million to spend, like that, that excites me. Besides the Titans, who's going to be in on Tannehill? Uh, I could see would Jacksonville go back down that road because I feel like Tannehill is the new Nick Foles. No, I think they're going to stick with Minshew. Um, the Bucks. I kind of think the Bucks are a decent fit for him because he just led the league from week seven on, led the league in yards per attempt. That fits right in Bruce Arians' offense. What about the Patriots? I that was the next team I was gonna say. <laughs> I mean, honestly, everybody's complaint about Tannehill is he doesn't throw the ball downfield. Well, neither does Brady. He throws yeah, it ten true. yards. So let's let's say Brady goes to Nashville. Let's say Rivers goes to I don't know. Let's say the Patriots go get uh, just throw a name out there, Teddy Bridgewater. What about Tannehill in Indianapolis? I think that would work. I think that'd be honestly pretty good. If you had to pick someone for the Raiders right now, who would it be? Brady. Brady. I kind of like Teddy out there. What about – would John Gruden like Teddy? Why wouldn't he? <laughs> he'd give, give six hours in the Gruden quarterback camp, and I think he'd fall in love with the guy. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't write – Bridgewater's the only one I didn't write a team down for. Oh, I got you. I only wrote it down for two, and then I kind of figured out – I would just figure it out as I went along. <laughs> Um, between Andy Dalton and Derek Carr, if you had to trade for one of them, which one are you going to go get? That is a good question. <laughs> I, you, yeah, they, they almost like they're hand in hand. Yeah, they seem really similar. What's funny about that is when we were starting, I actually saw an update saying the Bears were interested in Andy Dalton. Ooh, okay. I have something for the Bears in a little bit. I think you're going to like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I would take Andy Dalton over Derek Carr. He throws it downfield more. Yeah, he takes more chances. Derek Carr has checked down on fourth down before. <laughs> like, not checked down. He's thrown it away on fourth down. Yeah, I, I remember that. Give me give me the red rocket. Sling yeah. it around. You think Derek Carr is, like, afraid to get hit since he broke his leg? I Man, I don't know. There's possibility. Like I said, I still have a, a little soft spot in my heart for old Derek Carr for when I drafted him the year he in fantasy and he broke out and was the MVP until he broke his leg. I'm not a fan of Derek Carr for obvious reasons. Yeah, Broncos. I, 
So I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like Carr's either starting the year as the Raiders quarterback or he's backing up somewhere. Like no one's going out to trade for Derek Carr as they're starting next year, are they? Probably not. I mean, I don't. He's not exciting. I don't see anybody trying to make a trade for him. Yeah, I feel like the guy between the guys in the draft and the other free agents on the board and Dalton as a trade target, like he is the least exciting quarterback out there. Yeah, uh, he'll, he'll probably stay in, stay in Vegas unless they bring Brady. If they bring Brady in, what do you? Th- I mean, what do you want for him? I mean, you have him sit one year behind Brady, even though Carr's making a ton of money. <laughs> you have him sit one year behind Brady, learn, and then you give him the job in twenty twenty one. How much longer does John Gruden have on his contract? Seven years? Uh, <laughs> uh, has it been? It's been two, hasn't it? So he's got eight? Yeah. I don't, I don't see Carr sticking around for eight more years. I'm surprised he didn't get left in London when they made the trip out there last year. <laughs> Speaking of Gruden, did you see his? he went to an Aerosmith concert with Frank Caliendo? I didn't see that. <laughs> so there was... I, it was it was John Gruden. He's like, I'm here with my buddy, John Gruden. And they were both just it was funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to look that up. That sounds hilarious. Uh, let's let's look at some of the rookies now. So, obviously, Joe Burrow. Well, I say obviously. He's probably going to be a Bengal next year, right? For um, sure. They okay. said he – they after his interview at the Combine, they said it's pretty much a shoe and that he's going to go to the okay. Bengals. And then Tua looked like a shoe-in with the Dolphins, but now I'm not really sure. So you're thinking Dolphins or Chargers, right? Actually, I just remembered something. The Washington Redskins pick number mm. two. Yes, now, they uh, say that. Apparently they are all in on Tua if he's healthy. That would be the dumbest thing ever. So now we've got another Josh Rosen situation. So you have the Redskins, and actually I read a report that the Lions are possibly looking to trade Stafford. I don't think it's the Lions looking to trade Stafford. I think it's Stafford. Stafford Stafford trying to trade Stafford. Yeah, I uh, I got that update today too. But either way, like Stafford possibly leaving Detroit, Washington looking to move on from from uh, Haskins. So that means out of the top six teams, it's the New York Giants, the only one that doesn't need a quarterback. And Dave Gettleman Gettleman might just say, screw it and draft one. (laughs) (laughs) I just had a really scary thought, and I I don't want it to come true. But I could see it easily happening. Stafford to the Patriots. Matt Patricia. That would be scary. It's like Derek Jeter trading John Carlos Stanton to the Yankees. Yep. <laughs> that would be scary. Cause Stafford, like he's had a great career and last year he's having a career year. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks. He's just so tough. He is so mm-hmm. tough. He literally had to break his back to get out of the game. And it wasn't him, like he still was gonna play. So there's possibility. I forgot about well, Carolina said that they're bringing uh, Cam back. Yeah, but how do you feel about that? They would be the dumbest franchise. They would be dumber than Washington Redskins if they didn't bring Cam back. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a chance that, that like, 
five of the top six teams might be looking quarterback in the draft. That's insane. I tell you what, this is one of the most exciting. Like, ex- like I cannot wait for free agency to start mm-hmm. because there's so many quarterbacks, and then you got quarterbacks who are on teams that could end up moving still. Like, I just can't wait. Yeah, and I feel like we've been saying that every year. Like, I can't wait for this. Like, this is going to be the most insane free agency. And maybe it's just every year. It just keeps getting better. Yeah, and now they're going to have more money to spend. Yeah, it's like Breaking Bad. Every year it just keeps getting better and better and better. I've never seen Breaking Bad. Well, the movie recommendation of the week's coming up at the end of this, so. (laughs) (laughs) So you got – you didn't bring up Breeze at all. I – Honestly, I I don't see him not going back to to New Orleans. So you see him going back to New Orleans. Do you see them bringing back Bridgewater or Taysom Hill, both free agents? So, oh God, uh, I think if Teddy wants to go back to New Orleans, they'll bring him back because there is talk that Teddy would want to go back, and then Breeze retires after next year. Teddy just takes the reins there. Not a terrible idea, but I feel like he's been sitting long enough. He can absolutely get paid on a multi-year deal to go somewhere else. I, I don't think Taysom Hill's an answer at quarterback. I, I think he is what he is. He's a gadget player, and I just don't think that he can be the guy to take every snap behind center. So if they are unable to I, – I, this is all assuming Breeze comes back this year if they're unable to get – Bridgewater re-signed next year they're looking at a quarterback but according to Sean Payton Taysom Hill is a starting quarterback in the NFL yeah well Sean Payton is so in love with Taysom Hill it's almost comical like like if like that meme of Wolverine looking at the picture it's Sean Payton looking at Taysom Hill like he just loves him (laughs) So, so so what's the difference between Taysom Hill and Lamar Jackson. A lot. I I my better comp is Taysom Hill and Josh uh, Allen. Yeah, I could see that. They both can run. They both seem to have rocket arms. Allen has a better arm than Hill, but Hill has, still has a pretty good arm. I think Allen's more accurate, which is saying something because I think Josh Allen's one of the least accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. But I still love me some Josh Allen. Like I would start a franchise with him and be happy about it. I do like Josh uh, Allen a lot too. But yeah, I just I don't see and who's who's wanting to pin their franchise on a thirty year old quarterback or you know, thirty year old player who has thrown how many career passes he's thrown? He hasn't thrown many. Teddy Bridgewater threw more passes in his five starts this year for Breeze than uh, than uh, Hill's thrown his entire career. You, you know what's funny about what Sean Payton said? Um, that Taysom Hill's a starting quarterback in the NFL, but when Breeze got hurt, Bridgewater was out there. Yeah. Now, maybe that was just because they wanted Taysom Hill in all these packages this year, and you can't have Taysom Hill running those if he's the starting quarterback. You know where Taysom Hill would really fit in? Baltimore Back as what well, when like if RG three leaves and he becomes the new RG three, I'm just saying like, if you have Lamar Jackson and Taysom Hill, both in the backfield, what are you going to do? I, I don't know. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's different. It's different than having breeze and Taysom Hill in. Cause you know, breeze ain't going to take yeah, it and absolutely. run with it. 
I mean, can you imagine Lamar Jackson and Taysom Hill in the backfield together? Yeah, that would be pretty good, but I don't see uh, Baltimore paying up for for Taysom Hill just to use him as a package guy. Yeah. The Saints have done it. <laughs> yeah, but they've had Taysom cheap, though, correct? I don't know. Probably. I he was like, what, paid 20, much for him. 28 when he got drafted? Yeah, he was. Was he BYU? Yeah. Yeah, he's Mormon, ain't he? So, <laughs> yeah. It's his second season in the league. He's 30 years old. <laughs> uh, so let's let's wrap up the quarterback carousel just with a couple more rookies here. So we said Burrow and Tua. You still have Justin Herbert and Jordan Love. I think they're your top three, or they're like your consensus three, four, not necessarily in that order. Herbert out of Oregon, Jordan Love out of Utah State. After that, you got Jake Fromm. I feel like he's kind of forgotten in this draft. I'm not a big fan of his in the NFL. I don't think he's going to be anything either. Maybe he's the next Aaron Murray, like comes out of Georgia, like looking, had a great college career and then ends up in the XFL. You know what I could see happening? I could see him going to Vegas. Jacob Fromm? Yeah. I just feel like that's something John Gruden would do, even though him and Derek Carr are pretty similar. So he just looks for it. Like, he likes Derek Carr, but he doesn't like Derek Carr. So he's like, maybe I can get a better version of him? Possibly. I could just see that happening. I don't see like a – I don't know. I don't see from – he's not – I mean, he, I guess he's a passer, but I just don't see him as like a throw it 40 times a game. Has anyone ever had such a great – freshman year in college and then dropped off that fast um probably i just because it like let's let's just say hypothetically he could have entered the draft after his freshman year he would have been a top three quarterback in that following draft i don't know i don't remember what year that was but like i feel like his stake was so high then he would have went pretty high you think everybody'd be as high on him if he didn't take them to the championship game his freshman year yeah if they would not have went yeah they like from would be like he probably wouldn't even be in this discussion that's crazy yeah who was who who was who who was it on that that team i mean who was it was it they had chubb and um michelle yeah chubb and sony michelle and then they had Riley Ridley. Riley Ridley? Yeah. I think that was it, wasn't it? As far as talent? Yeah, probably. On the offensive side, I'm sure they got a couple defensive guys in there. But uh, I think the last two rookies I have on here, Jacob Eason, who is a potential first-rounder out of Washington, I feel like his, his stock rose the most after the season. I don't I'm not. I don't know anything about East. I know he got pushed out of Georgia, and that's about it. He, I, I feel like Eason might be a cheaper Josh Rosen. Like you can draft him later, but he might be the next Josh Rosen. You just like Rosen still might be good. By the way, isn't Eason huge? I don't know. I think he's like over six six, isn't he? Isn't that? Shouldn't he be a Bronco then? Hey, getting <laughs> get, getting getting line behind Justin Herbert. I mean, anyone who's over 6'5 is John Elway's guy. I know. And I don't understand. Paxton Lynch was so bad. (laughs) 
the last guy I have on this list, you ready for it? I think the Chicago Bears, because this guy's going to go late, the Chicago Bears should draft Jalen Hurts. I've apparently he's been killing his combine. Like, like I feel like he's a better Mitch Trubisky. Like they can run the same offense because he ran a which it was Oklahoma State's quarterback said they just run a glorified wishbone. They can run a very similar offense with Hurts, and he might be better than. Uh, I say he might. He is better than <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. What was M- Mitch uh, Trubisky is considered a running quarterback, right? Yeah, who doesn't run? What was his forty? I have no idea. Jalen Hurts ran a four five nine. That's pretty quick. Not not bad. Not too shabby. Out of the quarterbacks I have written down, he's the fastest one. Fromm ran a five. Okay. <laughs> Eason ran a four eight. Love ran a four seven, and Herbert ran a four six. Of course, Tua didn't run. He'd probably be the one to rival Hurts. Yeah, if his with a good hip, he probably would be. Herbert ran a four six. Yeah, four six eight. Yeah, that probably just right uh, rose his stock a little bit. We think Herbert. you're gonna run. Um, think- I'm saying a four nine nine. So you beat Fromm. I'm Look gonna get it. I'm gonna get inside of five. It's pretty impressive. When I when I was last time I ran a forty yard dash was like my senior year of high school, and I was just over a five. And I think I'm faster now. I have no idea, and I've like. I got some beer weight on me now. I've gained uh, – I packed on quite a bit of muscle in college. So, like, there's more body mass here now than back then. But I still – I feel like I'm faster. I am not. I can't wait to run a 40. I still – I have a lot of running in my future. I have a 40. I have a beer mile. Oh. Better start training for those. I need to. Well, I'm training right now. I have a beer in hand. There you go. <laughs> uh, all right. Got to start somewhere. <laughs> Let's jump ship a little bit from the quarterbacks. Let's stay on free agency, though. There's two two guys I want to talk about. They're both tight ends. Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry. I think they're both going to get overpaid this offseason, but they could be worth it in the right offense. And so there's a report today the Packers are going to – at least try and target Austin Hooper. I don't mind it. He's the cheaper of the two, and he would help out because I want the Packers to draft a wide receiver. And if you do, of course, you still have the learning curve from college to NFL, so that takes a little bit off of him. And so I feel like Austin Hooper would be – I mean, he'd be the best tight end we've had since Michael Finley. You think he's going to be cheap? No, cheaper than Hunter Henry. You think so? I think – yeah, no – I think I'd, Hooper is more expensive than Hunter Henry. Really? Hen, Henry's been hurt. I think, yeah, but I think Henry's better. You can make the case that he has less mileage on him. I had Austin Hooper maybe going to the Saints. Ooh, I like that because they, I mean, really since Jimmy left, they haven't had a tight end. And they get to play the Falcons twice a year. That's true. I kind of, I like that a lot, actually. I mean, who was there? It was what? Ben, was it Benjamin Watson? Yeah, he wasn't terrible for him. Well, uh, it was uh, Jared Cook. Well, Jared Cook this past year. Watson before that. Who was the guy out of Stanford? 
Kobe Fleener? Yes. Remember the hype Fleener had behind him when he went to New Orleans? Yeah, that was a fail. Some dark times <laughs> for the Fleener truthers. <laughs> so, yeah, I, that, I love that fit, man. I would love to see Hunter Henry as a Packer, but I also wouldn't mind Austin Hooper. I don't really want to – if I had to overpay for one, I'd rather overpay for Henry. But if I had to choose one, I'll take the cheaper guy. I think I'd rather have Hooper over Henry. Henry's just been hurt way too much. Yeah, but like now he can have a like straight healthy stretch. You want to know where I see why I have Henry going? Where? New England. Yikes! I don't want that to happen at all. I mean, think about it. They have Benjamin watching right now, which I'm. Yeah, but he's like 84 years old. Exactly. Hunter Henry. It just fit. I feel like that's. The perfect fit. He looks better in green and yellow. <laughs> so what are they going to do with Jimmy Graham? He gone. He's free agent. Is he really? Yeah, it was just a two-year deal. That's up. Oh. The only thing is, is can Jay Sternberger make the turn? I have. Who is that? Uh, they drafted him last year. He's at Texas A&M. He's a pretty good pass catcher. He's known as a pass catching tight end, not a blocker at all. But what about what about this? Instead of spending your money on Hooper, you spend your money on defense and free agency, and then you draft Albert O. I I I'm kind of in the camp that you either re-sign Balaga and have to address receiver at in the draft, or you flip that where you throw money at like let's say a Robbie Anderson you address uh, your tackle position in the draft, and either way, you can still sign a tight end. <laughs> yeah. That's where I'm at. That's my that's my wish list there. Yeah, I was hoping the, the Broncos would make a run at Chris Jones, and then the Chiefs just crushed my world when yeah. they tagged him yesterday. Oh, yeah. The Chiefs would be dumb to let him go. He also said he wants to be a Chief for life. So They can't pay everybody. No, they can't, but, I mean – Right now, they're okay. They have quite a few more uh, early contracts, right? Because they still have two years left in Mahomes, which they'll probably pay him way before that contract's up. Yeah, I bet he gets a deal this year. That's true, man. And when they do, like, look at what happened with the Seahawks. Like, Seahawks paid Russell Wilson. Their team got a lot worse. Like, overall, their team got a lot worse. And the Chiefs don't have nearly the offense – or defense, excuse me. That that the Seahawks had. Speaking of the Seahawks, mm-hmm. them signing Greg Olson, I am a big fan of. Yeah, like me and Nick kind of got an argument last show about it. Like I said, Greg Olson is going to be like top ten fantasy quarterback. I said I might have said top twelve, but I think he's top ten easily next year. And he was like, he he said he's the new Jason Witten. And I was like, well, Jason Witten was. Like top twelve most weeks, <laughs> but I, he's going to be a much better Jason Witten. Oh yeah, I think he's going to be way better than Witten. And I don't. I like Witten. Witten. I don't like the Cowboys, but I respect Witten. So like, one of he's like oh, a Heath like a Heath Miller, like just so mm-hmm. reliable. Well, one of Jacob Hollister and Will Disley will no longer be a thing in fantasy, which hurts me. Hurts me deep because I had Will Disley in fantasy last year, and 
He was <laughs> he was so good. He was killing it. He was like number three at tight end or something when he got hurt. Oh yeah. I don't know. All right, let's jump over to some combine talk. Just real quick, we'll just hit on a couple things. Uh, Henry Riggs said he was going to break John Ross's uh, 40 time. He did not. He's tied for fourth all time in the 40 time. I'm going to name you the top eight 40 times by receivers in the combine. John Ross still has the record at 422. And then it's a Jay Mathis. I don't know his first name. Marquise Goodwin ran a 427. Riggs ran a 427. T. Calico. 03 draft 427. Never four, heard two, of him. Never heard of him. JJ Nelson, Jay Ford, whoever Jay Ford is. And Kobe Ford. Is that who it is? I think so. The 2010 draft? Probably. No. Okay. All right. I don't know. Anyways, and then Darius Hayward Bay at a 430. Not a great list. <laughs> John Ross, John Ross showed some promise this year, finally. Although he went top ten, Marquise Goodwin's shown some flashes, but that's been it. And then that list is done. Ah, uh, yeah, I heard somebody talking about this too. This list, I just think Ruggs is on a different level. I, I mean, Ross went to Washington State, right, or Washington? Uh, I don't remember. Ruggs went to Alabama. I, I just. I think Ruggs Dude, is going to be a beast. I just realized I when I wrote this list down, I typed Riggs. <laughs> I said Riggs and didn't even – I glossed right <laughs> over it. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, Ruggs, is, he looks so good. They're saying he could go number 15 to the Broncos. Uh, I mean, if the Broncos take a receiver, that's scary. There's talks. Um, I think Jerry Jude is going to be gone. It could be between CeeDee Lamb or Ruggs. That's scary, though, to add with Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton and, of course, Noah Fant in that mix as well. And then you That's got scary. Drew, you got Drew Locke to bring it all together. Oh, your new savior. Oh, my gosh. I cannot wait. <laughs> uh, Denzel Mims is a name everyone should know. Out of Baylor, he had the tied for third fastest 40 at a 4.38. And his comp right now, based on all of his whatever, all of his profile, his comp right now is Chris Godwin. Was it a four three eight or a four three five? Uh this website on Sporting News has him a four three eight. Oh, I wrote down a four three five, so I could be wrong. Well, one of us might have an unofficial time. Probably me. And then another name I have, I just lost him. Hang on. Oh, the seventh fastest 40 at a 4-4-2, Chase Claypool. Love his name. Know nothing about him. He is at a Notre Dame. Let me don't. Yeah, he's at a Notre Dame. So only two wide receivers have been at least 6-4 and over or at least 235 pounds. And ran a forty under four four five. I've what were you surprised at Jerry Judy's forty time? What was his? Four four five. Uh let's see now. Top they're tied for tenth. 
Was he supposed to be slow? I think he is slower than what people think. Yeah, see, I'm, I, I don't bank into 40s as much. <clears throat> Excuse me for my voice. I should address this early in the show. I have not had a voice all week. I don't know what happened. I did not have a voice Sunday after the Battle Hall game, which was to be expected. So Monday show obviously didn't have much of a voice. I was in and out. This is I've been battling this all week. I don't know what's going on, but so if I sound like I'm croaking, that's why. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like I feel like you get a guy as talented as Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson, all these guys throw their 40s out the window, man. Like as long as they're in the he, he's still a four four guy, four five guy. That's still fast. Just they're still good. Um, I actually want to ask you a question here in a minute, but I want to finish my Chase Claypool point. Chase Claypool, you got a cool name. I originally typed it out as Clay Chasepool. <laughs> it's, Chase, <laughs> it's Chase Claypool. Only two receivers have been at least 6'4 and 235 and ran a sub 445. It's now Chase Claypool and Calvin Johnson. You ever heard of him? A little bit. Yeah. Calvin Johnson, known as Megatron. So I'm anointing Claypool as Biggertron. <laughs> 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 oh, that's good <laughs> thank you appreciate it my humor doesn't always go well on the show uh now i forgot the question i was going to ask you oh here's the thing it's like with 40 times or really any other thing in the combine is there any stats or any things that they do that you think either should should make their draft stock rise or fall or is it too, like, overanalyzed? Like, the 40 times. Yeah. I, I think John Ross is one of the biggest ones. I mean, yeah. he broke the record for the 40 and then jumped into being a top 10 pick. Was he – he was, what, five or nine? I want to say nine. Okay. Yeah, I him think- and Corey – like, you look at the receivers taking the top 10, him and Corey Davis most recently, look at what they're doing. Yeah, Corey Davis, who who plays with Tennessee still? <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, it could go either way because look what um, DK Metcalf did. Yeah, but he's also a specimen, so he is a specimen. I don't know. I, it could go either way. You could use John Ross as an example that it's all just numbers or you could look at DK Metcalf I mean I don't know like what's the the vertical I guess could be used I guess I guess that's important verticals good one bench press for the like I don't know why they make like receivers and stuff bench press I mean I guess for when you get pressed on the line I think it's all just a feats of strength at this point yeah I don't know what about like the what is it? The, what do they call it? The standing broad jump? Is that what it's called? Yeah. What is I mean, that I feel, used for? You're just analyzing athleticism at that point, aren't you? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but you got anything else for the uh, combine? Nope. Besides, Mizzou's tight end ran the fastest forty time for a tight end since two thousand three. Damn. Four four nine. That was a good one. Uh, how do you say his last name? Uh oh, Albert O. I have no idea how to say it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Honestly, when you said Albert O earlier, I didn't know who you were talking about. That's, that's I always, what 
I mean, what else do you call him? <laughs> I I try and pronounce it every time, but I have to see it in front of me. <laughs> I definitely didn't write it down. A, a Goonbawan or something? That doesn't sound right at all. It's close. <laughs> What's the hardest sports name to pronounce? Giannis Anatokimpo? Uh, I still don't know how to say it. And you notice, you notice I've been just saying Tua this whole time, right? <laughs> it's Tua Tungavaloa. You say Tungavaloa? Yeah. <laughs> Tua. Oh, ta- Taga. Tagavaloa. I've heard both, man. All right. Well, let's jump ship from football over to baseball. So we went quite a while on the football talk. So we'll do a quick baseball talk. I just want to kind of focus on the ML, uh, the NL Central. So I got to looking around. I'm kind of studying up some rosters right now, getting ready for fantasy baseball. And I was looking at the Roto Champ um, per team predictions for the year. So here's the NL Central standings according to Roto Champ. Now, of course, they usually have teams their win totals. Like the division winners can be a little low out because they give so many teams high ones, if that makes sense. Like Dodgers are at 101, Astros at 98, Yankees at 98. To make it all fit, like the high guys are going to be down a little bit, the low guys will be up a little bit. Yeah. So basically, the NL Central is one of the divisions where every year on a site like Roto Champ, they're going to be close. And so here we go. They have at the very bottom of the barrel uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates at 71 wins. Then at fourth in the division, they have the St. Louis Cardinals at 80 and 82. I am not happy with the Cardinals. Well, then they have the Brewers. Brewers are 83 79. The Cubbies at 85 and 77. And then the new anointed NL Central champs, according to Roto Champ. Is the Cincinnati Reds at eighty six and seventy six? Well, they're the only ones in this division who are spending money. They, I mean, yeah. So that lineup is dirty there in Cincinnati. So it looks like their leadoff man might be their new uh, signing out of Japan, Shogo Akiyama, a name you'll probably be hearing a lot this year. He's supposed to be pretty darn good. But then they'll have Vado, Ingenio uh, Suarez, Mike Mustakis, Nick Castellanos. Jesse Winker, Freddie Galvis, Tucker Barnhart. Like they they may not even have uh Aristides uh or I'm sorry, Aristides uh Kino on the opening day roster. I totally did not look at an updated list because I did not know they had Mustakas. Yeah, they signed him uh in December. So that just makes so, the Brewers Oh, dude, the Brewers lineup is pitiful. Like, honestly, I have the Brewers finishing fourth in the division. So here's the projected Brewers lineup for opening day. Leading off with Eric Sogard at third base. (laughs) If you don't follow baseball very well, Eric Sogard's kind of a journeyman. He looks like a nerd. He's kind of a fan favorite. I think that's why he stayed in baseball for a while. He's a fan favorite. He started in Oakland, no surprise. He's kind of bounced around now. And now his age 33 season... He's supposed to be their leadoff man. <laughs> yeah. They're, so their 2-3 punch still pretty good because it's Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, which Lorenzo Cain's entering his age 33 season as well. So he's getting a little older. Yeah, I'm looking at his numbers, and he only had 10 home runs last year. 
Yeah, at Miller Park. I think he bounces back and has a pretty good year, though. But then their cleanup guys, Keston Hyera, who I think will have a pretty good year, but he, I think he's better suited at the two or the five. And then they have Justin Smoke manning first base. Longtime Blue Jay. Had one really good year that's kept him in the bigs. And then it looks like they're going to split time with Ryan Braun and uh, Avicio Garcia. And then they signed Omar Navarro's, who just had a career year catching for the Mariners. And then Orlando Arcia at um, at shortstop. Mine says Ryan Braun at first base. Braun might he? see some time at first. He's played a little first for him. I was going to say, did he play any first last year? Uh, I think he played a little first. I don't remember, honestly. But their bench, I mean, Manny Pena, Brock Holt, Jed Jerko, Ben Gamble, not a terrible bench. This lineup is just like the way the way it's looked the last two years versus the way it looks now, it just – that turned very quickly. Yeah, Christian Yelich is, I mean, I guess their fourth hitter, the Keston guy. Well, I – I'm sure they'll bat Christian three and sandwich him with Kane and Hyera. I'm sure you'll see a little bit of Avicio Garcia and Ryan Braun batting four hole. Like they'll mix it up a lot. But like you look at their starting rotation, Brandon Woodruff, who had a very good year last year, he looks like their ace because it's Adrian Hauser. They signed Brett Anderson, Josh Lindbaum, Eric Lauer, who they got in a trade with the Padres. Like it's all got to be, they have to. They have an offense that's more similar to the Cardinals than what it was last year, where like it could be very hit or miss, and then they're going to have to rely on their bullpen because their rotation's not great. They still have Josh Hader, right? Yeah, he's a beast. So Hader, Brent Suter, David Phelps, Corbin Burns—those are the big names. And then uh, Freddie Peralta, Alex Claudia—they'll be okay. You think this lineup's you think this lineup's batting lineup is better than the Cardinals? I'll take the Cardinals. Because yeah, they have the best hitter in Christian Yelich, but I think we have a better overall lineup. Remember last year when we were doing our fantasy baseball draft and I took Yelich in the first? Do you remember what you told me? What I say? You said there's no way Yelich is going to have the same numbers he did the year Damn. before. Damn. I really didn't believe it. I really didn't. I think you said there's no way he reproduces his MVP numbers. Because he had – I was looking at this actually the other day. He had such an insane home run to fly ball ratio. And then he improved it the next year. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it was just insane. I'll see if I can find it again. I was looking at it last night actually. Don't you wish the Cardinals were to trade for Yelich instead of Ozuna? Yeah, Yelich was the most expensive one out of that outfield, though, between Stanton, Ozuna, and Yelich. He was the most expensive. Over Stanton? Yeah, because Yelich was under an extremely team-friendly contract, and he looked like he was going to be a 2020 guy, and he was the best outfielder, like defensive outfielder between them. Hmm. Interesting. So he was a 5.5% home run guy so out of all his hits five and a half percent were home runs that jumped to seven and a half in 19 here we go home run to fly ball rate he was at 18.2 percent in 2018 18.2 percent of his fly balls elevated balls left the park 
in 2019, that jumped up to 22%. Almost, almost a quarter of his fly balls left the ballpark. <laughs> so he point, already – At that point, had, it's just skill. He had unsubstantial numbers in 18, and then he topped them in 19. That's insane. Hmm. So, yeah, I backed my words last offseason. <laughs> <laughs> He just happened to improve on it. <clears throat> All right. So we can do uh, just like a real quick of each team. Okay. Out, we did the Brewers. So we'll just bounce back and do a real quick of each team. We'll just say how we think the NL Central is going, going to finish. And then we'll jump into uh, the idiot of the week and movie recommendation. And we'll wrap it up. Okay. So we'll get out of this one pretty quickly because we talked a long time about football. <laughs> it, it's easily, uh, easily yeah, done. It is. Uh, did, do you have an idiot of the week in movie recommendation? No. Okay. I, well, tried, I tried thinking of one, but. That's fine. Um, but yeah, we'll jump back into then. Uh, jump back into that and then we'll, we'll wrap it up pretty quick. Um, you are still breathing in the mic. Is that better? That is much better. <laughs> Yeah, you'd be surprised how sensitive microphones are. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So, do so, you hold your microphone? Uh, I have a little stand for it. Oh, I was going to say that would that would get it, really old. Yeah, it came with a stand. It was really nice. This one was sixty bucks. Like I know Nick got one for like twenty, and his sound quality is fine. Oh. How's mine sound? It doesn't sound bad. Like I said, it's just. I feel like just because it's on like the headset, it's a, it is a headset. I feel like that's why it's picking up your breathing so much. I can actually still hear it a little bit. Really? I moved it up. Yeah. I'll stop that's breathing. <laughs> yeah, just hold your breath, man. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, we, we're going to try and wrap this up a little bit quicker. Um, we kind of talked – I think we talked enough about the Brewers – Let's jump over. Let's jump back to the Reds real fast. Uh, just because I want to talk about their pitching a little bit. So we talked about their lineup. Their lineup is deadly. They So the, the Reds have the best offensive lineup in the NL Central, which might sound kind of crazy. And now Bo's whining for attention. I don't know what you want. <laughs> now he's walking away. All right. They have the best lineup like from top to bottom in the central, they've built a sneaky good rotation. I said last year they had built a sneaky good rotation. It's better this year. Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo, who looks like an emerging star, Trevor Bauer, Wade Miley, Anthony Desclafani. Desclafani looked like he could take over the reins as an ace one day. He's now their five. And then you look in their bullpen where they got Rossio Iglesias, Amir Garrett, Pedro Strope. Uh, you could probably throw maybe Michael Lorenzen in there. The Reds actually have a good team. Yeah, Iglesias had 30 saves. That's pretty freaking good. And they didn't win a lot of games. No. Probably because they didn't score a lot of points. We'll see what the case is this year. <laughs> uh, they have uh, Nick Senzel's injured, so whenever he gets back, that's even another piece into that. And I, I talked about Aquino earlier. He may not even have a job opening day, or he may not be. He may not even be on the twenty-six man opening day. He might be in the minors, and you know he 
he has so much power. So, yeah, I kind of want to just touch on the the pitching of the Reds. They actually have a pretty good pitching staff, and this this lineup playing eighty two game or eighty one games at Great American Ballpark. Yeah, I did. That's I for- scary. I forgot they signed Castellanos too. That's scary. yeah, like grabbing Moose and Castellanos. Yikes! Man, the Cardinals could have used either one of them. And you got Joey Votto, who had a down year last year. You add Eugenio, or you keep Eugenio Suarez playing the level he has, and then the Shogo Akiyama. Don't know how he's going to be. He's going to be at age thirty-one starting this year, so he's a little bit older. But that's crazy. I, I feel like he's like he's going to be a good hitter. He's a lefty. He's probably going to be a slap hitter. I assume he's going to be. Um, uh, who was that guy the Brewers had? Um, uh, crap, I can't remember his name, but obviously, you know, Shin Su Chu comes to mind with less power. You're talking about I, Ichiro? No, he, he I, didn't play for them, did he? I would remember Ichiro. I'm trying to think of who the Brewers' old leadoff man used to be. And then he was a Royal, maybe? I think he was a Royal for their uh, World Series, their first World Series run. I have no idea. Now I got to look it up. That's bothering me. Um, Nori Aoki. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we talked about the Reds. We talked about the Brewers. Let's talk about the Cubs. Because the Cubs are kind of tricky. They really disappointed last year. They have... Most of the like basically the same team back, and yet like people are just expecting them to kind of repeat last year, where I think they underperformed, so they should go up this year. Like there's a real chance the Cubs win the division again. I don't think so. Well, I mean their lineup's basically the same: Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, Javi Baez, Schwarber, Contreras, Jason Hayward, Ian Happ. They added Jason Kipnis. I was gonna say, when did they add Kipnis? I didn't know that. Uh, this month, February, they signed him. Huh. How old's John Lester now? He is 36. You think? Which Fangraphs actually has him as their fourth man in the rotation. Do you think David Ross suits up on his days he pitches? (laughs) Just let, he just (laughs) Jackie moons it. (laughs) Cause right. Wasn't that that right? Yeah, David, yeah, yeah, he was he was his personalized catcher. That's Is it crazy. personalized? I don't know, but yeah, like you, Darvish, Jose Quintana, Kyle Hendricks, John Lester, Tyler Chatwood, pretty formidable rotation. It's kind of funny; their youngest guys, Hendricks and Chatwood, are thirty. That's their youngest starting pitchers. Well, how is Darvish over thirty? Thirty-three and a half. Wow. Yeah. Hendricks is but actually then, pretty good. Obviously, you have Craig Kimbrell, who's coming off his worst year of his career, closing it out. Like he's, I think he'll be back to fine. Kyle Ryan, Rowan Wick, they were very underrated last year. They added Jeremy Jeffress. Not a terrible bullpen. Like, there's a chance the Cubs are back at the top of the division. I don't think they'll do it either, but there is a chance. Like, they still have a good team. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up trading Bryant. That that could be a possibility. What if they traded Bryant for Nolan Arenado? Don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up, I'm sure this one would be a very quick conversation, but the Pittsburgh Pirates, they, I feel like every year, like the last three years, they have a team full of scrappy players and they could surprise you. Like they're always, they could always be a tough team to win against, but they're never going to win a lot. If that makes sense. Like they're not going to be an easy, they're not the Marlins. They're not the Orioles. They have a scrappy team that you're going to have to compete against to beat. They're just going to lose a lot more games than they win. Really, the only person that I know, I mean, I've, I know Gregor, Gregor Polanco. Gregory? Gregory Polanco, but Josh Bell is go. the only. We we might be missing Nick this episode, but Smothers just made up for it by trying to yeah. pronounce someone's name. <laughs> I struggled. <laughs> <laughs> But like they got some good bats. Adam Frazier is a scrappy hitter. He's probably a 260 guy, but he's scrappy. Gregory Polanco, obviously, always a 2020 threat. Josh Bell just had a great year last year. Colin Moran, who they got in the uh, Garrett Cole trade, he's a high-end prospect. He could uh, bust out this year. They got Gerard Dyson's uh, projected as their starting center fielder. There's some speed at the end of the lineup. Uh, and then did I say Brian Reynolds? No, you skipped him. Okay, so yeah, Brian Reynolds, who is a huge prospect for them. Batted that, 305. Yeah, like he's – right now they have him listed as their projected three-hole hitter. Like Brian Reynolds could be a thing this year. So that's a scrappy lineup. Frazier, Reynolds, Polanco, Bell, Moran. And like I said, Gerard Dyson might, might bat 240-250, but every time he gets on the base pass, you got to worry about him. And then you go over and look at their starting rotation. Chris Archer, Joe Musgrave, Joe Musgrove. I always want to say Musgrave. Archer, Musgrove, and Trevor Williams. That's a one, two, three, where if you run into those three in a series, that's a little tough. And then you look at their uh, bullpen. You just have – it's just a couple names I know, but like those couple names of Keona Kella and Kyle Crick, some pretty good pitchers. Chris yeah. Stratton. I don't know. In, oh, Derek Collins is in the minors for him. Yeah, Chad Cole's injured. Oh, I forgot. Chad Cole, Jamison Tyone, both got Tommy John about a year apart. So if they can get those two, I I don't see Jamison Tyone being a factor until at least after the All Star break. But Jamison Tyone might be their ace if he comes if he ever gets back healthy. Yeah, he's real young still, isn't he? Yeah. Is he like the same class as Alex Reyes? 28 years old. Oh, he's not as young as I thought he was then. Drafted in 2010. Their first round pick. I forget baseball. They stay in the minors for like four years. Yeah. Is it Tyone who had uh, the test score removed? I have no no idea. (laughs) Yeah, he had testicular cancer. Mm -hmm. Didn't know that. Pretty sure. I might be wrong. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> let's uh let's jump over to the reigning division champ, St. Louis Cardinals. And not a lot's changed. 
I, they're so frustrating. I'm so frustrated right? with them. How do it they is expect- extremely frustrating, but this lineup is a, this is a 90 win team. This team's good enough to win the division. I so they won 91 games, right? Last year. Yeah. They could win 90 again this year with this lineup. How? They lost Ozuna who hit 30 what? 35 home runs and they didn't replace him with anybody. Yeah. But and I know this sounds like a homer talking right now, but between Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thomas and Nolan Gorman, do you think one of them or two of them combined can can like produce some of that production? No Carlson. Like, yeah, yeah, throw Carlson, throw Carlson, let's make it four names. Throw him in there. But I don't know, like, man. I but don't know. Think Goldschmidt had a down year. So let's say Goldschmidt gets closer to where he was in during his years in Arizona. So there's some of Ozuna's production back. Uh DeYoung only hit like 240. Let's say he becomes 260 this year. Matt Carpenter was bottom of the barrel last year, although I don't think Carpenter's gonna ever be like great, but let's say he gets a little bit better. So like that production not only may come from the young guys like O'Neill, Thomas. Uh, Carlson and Gorman, but it also may come from Goldschmidt, DeYoung, and Carpenter bouncing back a little bit. So what do you think about the projected lineup, Edmund and Bader and Fowler? So here's kind of my thought. I'm just off the fan graphs. This is the projected lineup. Fowler in right, Wong at second, Goldie, DeYoung, Matt Carpenter, the starting third baseman, then Yachty, Tommy Edmund, Harrison Bader. The bench is Matt Wieters, Brad Miller, which we signed. I know a lot of people miss that, but Cardinal signed Brad Miller. He can play second. He can play third. He bats left-handed and wears no batting gloves. Uh, played for the Tampa Bay Rays for a while. We still got Yaro Munoz, who can play basically anywhere. Tyler O'Neill, Lane Thomas. That's the projected bench. Um, I feel like, like Fowler, Wong, Edmund, between those three, like Fowler's probably going to lead off first in April. He and may lead off in May, but if he's dipping, he's going to be the seven or eight hitter. But if he stays lead off, I feel like Wong and Edmund are kind of interchangeable. And then if Wong drops from the two, like let's say Edmund's batting second, I see either Wong or Edmund batting two hole, which I'm fine with, but it looks to be like Carpenter and Wong would sandwich Yachty like five, seven. So I feel like that's kind of like Wong and Edmund are going to be kind of interchangeable at two. And then whoever's left over will be batting five or seven opposite of Carpenter. Would you rather see Fowler start right field or O'Neill? Uh, so Fowler had 489 at bats, 18 home runs, 64 ribbies. That's Fowler had his best year as a Cardinal last year. O'Neill had 379 at bats, 25 home runs, and 63 ribbies. I feel like as long as O'Neill's still not playing every day in the outfield, he's going to be the same Tyler O'Neill. Like the only way he's going to break out would be he plays every single day. And maybe that's like blessing in disguise. Matt Carpenter goes on the 15 day DL early in the year, Edmund becomes the third baseman. Tyler O'Neill, the left fielder. Because what I, think, I mean, what what is what is best case scenario for O'Neill? 
is it what Luke Voigt was when he got traded to the Yankees a year ago or two years ago? Uh, I think that's you, probably it. Do you think O'Neill is another Randall Gritchick? If he doesn't get everyday playing time, yes. He is, like right now, he is Randall Gritchick. But if he plays every day, he could be, like I said, what Luke Voigt was when he went to the Yankees. Just raking? Yeah. Well, okay, maybe a little bit less than that because Luke Voigt was spectacular that second <laughs> half. Hmm. I think like Tyler O'Neill could be really good if he gets to play every day. Yeah, this power we need because, I mean, th- we only have Goldschmidt and – DeYoung, that's, I mean, that's our power. Here's the biggest problem with the lineup. Like, the one-two debate's going to be a lot this year. Here's the biggest thing. Who bats after Goldschmidt? Because right now it's Paul DeYoung, but Paul DeYoung batted 230 or 240 last year. This is the Cardinals' problem every year. For the last four seasons. They, they need somebody to bat, clean up. So, if Goldschmidt, who's 32 and a half right now, like, he's getting old quick. He's batting third. If Paul DeYoung is slumping, like why pitch to Goldschmidt? Even if he gets on a tear, why pitch to him? You don't. You walk him. And then DeYoung's going to strike out. That's kind of the thing I saw with the Brewers earlier. Like, why would you have to pitch to Yelich if, if Keston Hyera is not hitting great? Which, granted, they'll move the four hole all around, but. Like, why do you have to pitch to Yellis next year? I think that's their that they have a bigger problem than the Cardinals do. Do you see but, the Cardinals making a trade? God, I almost like if they want to compete for the World Series, they have to. See, that's my thing. They went to the NL, NLCS and then they got smoked four yeah. games. They went to the NLC. Look, they they made it, they won the division because the Cubs and Brewers got cold. And didn't and, play good baseball. And Tommy Edmund right. got hot. <laughs> and then we just we had a good series. Like if we would if we played a five game series against the Brewers or against the Braves, if we played multiple five game series, we're probably not winning a lot of them. We just we had a good series. That that honestly, that's what holds the Cardinals together is their pitching staff. I mean, oh yeah, it's what it is every yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah but. The pitching staff is what's gonna. The pitching staff is what makes this a ninety-win team. I I think I should have addressed that earlier. This lineup, this batting lineup, is not a ninety-win team. The pitching staff makes this team a ninety-winner. Flaherty holding it together. I think Carlos Martinez is a starter. Dakota Hudson, uh, Kyung Wong Kim. I'm really interested to see what he what he does. I have called him a poor man's Hyjin Ryu. I think he fits well in that comparison. And then that five spot might be Wayno again. I kind of like Wayno as that spot guy, the long reliever. But then the rest of the bullpen, Gallegos, Giovanni Gallegos is going to start the year as the closer while Jordan Hicks gets himself right. Oh, I forgot Miles Michaelis. He's hurt. So when Miles Michaelis comes back, I think Wayno probably gets that bump. <clears throat> I said I like Wayno as the longer lever, but Gallegos is going to be the closer. You got Miller and Brebia uh, as your setup guys. John Gant, who was amazing and then just fell apart at the end of the year. Tyler Webb, Ryan Helsley, those are guys that, I mean, 
I don't when know is, how they'll. When is Hicks supposed to come back? Uh, probably around the All Star break. That long? Well, he had Tommy John in June, late June. So the Cardinals are going to do what they do every year. They're going to get hot after the All Star break. That's what they're going to have to do. But I mean, like Alex Reyes couldn't end up being a starter. Yeah, Alex yeah. Reyes could finally be good. Like got, people are already writing him off. He's still the number one prospect in the organization. I think Carlson is now. Oh, the last time I looked, uh, Reyes was one. Let's he may be. Um, Carlson. You see Carlson? Yeah. Didn't even have. Oh, I uh, see no. <clears throat> I excuse me. I see Nolan Gorman is the one on Fangraphs. So I'm on Roto Champ, and it has Carlson Gorman. And then I have Carlson at two. I was reading an article uh, when we were talking about the Cardinals last month, and Reyes was the one. But now like, I'm I'm looking for it now. They got. Uh, do you know how to say Liberator? How to say his last name? Libertor. Is it li- just Libertor? That's what I call it. Liberator uh, just, sounds cool. I right. I just been calling him Matty Libs because I don't know how to say his last name. But that's what's crazy is they have. I don't understand. Back to them not trading for anybody. They have Nolan Gorman third base, and then they have a guy Etheris Montero third base. So two of their top five prospects are third basemen, and they couldn't pull a trade off for Arenado. Yeah, but the top three. <clears throat> Top three or five prospects for the Rockies are all infielders, and most of them are third base. <clears throat> so the Rockies kind of in the same boat we are, where they're just loaded with all these third base prospects. Yeah, and then we've got two catchers in our top six. I really thought Neiser was going to be in that deal. They could have pulled it off if they really wanted. That still ticks me off. I, well, I really think it was the Rockies that just kind of backed out. Mm. So I don't know anything about the Korean pitcher they signed. He's a lefty that, like I said, he looks like he's going to be the poor man Hyjin Ryu. So I think he could be. I think he'd be pretty good. I got to plug my phone in. It's going to die. <laughs> All right. So why don't we just wrap this up? Um, who are you thinking, like, if you had to rank the division right now, like, from one to five, how it's going to finish? Go ahead and rank how the NL Central is going to finish. One to five. What do you think? So I think the Reds are going to be number one. Okay. So you're going with uh, their, uh, their lineup is nasty. It is so good. You're going with the struggle against the Reds for some reason. They struggle against the entire division. Not the Cubs. 
I mean, it's like even, I guess. So I'm going to go Reds, and then, it, I don't know, it's a toss-up between the Cubs, Brewers, and Cardinals. You got to pick one. <laughs> and then the Pirates last. <laughs> All right, so the Reds will win. Three-way tie for second. Pirates five. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'll put the Cardinals second because I'm a homer. So I'll go Reds, yeah. Cardinals, Cubs, Brewers, Pirates. All right, well, I'm we're very close, but I'm going to say the Cardinals win the division. Again, I I I will be very impressed if that happens. I think they can do it. Like salty lineup, good rotation, good bullpen. Pitching wins championships. That's what they always say. If that does happen, their pitchers are gonna have like their top three pitchers: Hudson, Flaherty, and I don't know Martinez are gonna have like all double digit wins. I feel like like that'd just be like they could all have three ten win seasons. That's not great. I mean, Flaherty's going to win like 15 or more. Yeah. Hudson's probably going to win. I think he's close. I think he's close to 15 again. And then you never know what you're going to get with Tsunami. Yeah, you really don't. But yeah, I have Cardinals, Reds, Cubs, Brewers, Pirates. God, I just, the Brewers dropped off so fast. Watch the Brewers win the division this year. (laughs) They started off hot last year. Yeah. Well, I mean, Yellich was healthy. So who's All right. Gonna, so who's going to be your number one pick in baseball if you have the number one overall pick? Uh, Trout. In fantasy? Yeah. Yeah. So, like, the big four right now or five, they're all outfielders this year. Trout, Betts, Bellinger, Yelich. Um, I'm missing one. Oh, Acuna. Yeah, I heard someone like I heard someone had him like number one. Yeah, well, you can make the case for it. He's gonna steal more bases than Trout. Um, I would go Trout, and then I would go probably I'd go Acuna in a categories league, and then I would go Yelich. So I am a huge fan of Bellinger. And then Bellinger. So, like me picking, like I'd go Bellinger. I'm just a huge fan of his. I so I called it last year. I I predicted Bellinger as the NL MVP, and I took him in every fantasy draft. I got him in the third round of every draft. Somehow did not win a single league because, <laughs> well, like I drafted Bellinger and Glass now in every league last year. Should oh, actually, strategy. that's a lie. I I got I drafted Bellinger in three of four. Before the season started, I traded for Bellinger for one Giancarlo Stanton. It's a pretty good deal. It's a great deal. Stanton played like 10 games. (laughs) (laughs) I tweeted that out. I tweeted that out one day. I was like, uh, like one of my greatest achievements this year was I traded Cody Bell, traded for Cody Bellinger and gave away Mike Stanton. And I showed the stats. Like of how they did, and a guy just replied to the tweet and just said "f you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was definitely a Stanton owner. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, all right, I will save my idiot of the week for Monday's show because it's pretty funny. It happened today, uh, but I will still send you into the weekend with a movie recommendation. 
Did you figure out? Did you figure one out? I know these are the new things for you. This is your first show. No, I mean I watched. But... I know Nick's already said it a couple times, but Miracle was on TV oh. yesterday, and I watched it, and it is it's a great one, dude. It's so good every time. Every time, Miracle's a good one. Uh, and they just had their 40th anniversary, so you guys got to check it out. Uh, mine with spring training going on is Major League One and Two. Because they're both amazing. Go check them out. Charlie Sheen. Uh, any other big name actors in that? You got the guy from the Allstate commercials in there. It's been so not, long since I've seen those. Not not the Mayhem guy, the one that's always like, are you in good hands? Wasn't there – was it – who played – was Wesley Snipes in that? No. Yeah. Wesley Snipes? He's Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. And he was small Damn. back then. He was way before Blade. <laughs> but yeah, Major League One and Two, check them out. They're freaking hilarious. I love them. So, all right. Well, Smothers, what'd you think of your first episode? I think it went pretty good. Yeah. Except be breathing heavily into the mic. <laughs> I was just so hey. excited. <laughs> stuff we can work on, man. But yeah, I thought it was a good episode. Good stuff. Good NFL talk. Good baseball talk. We didn't get to get as much into baseball as we wanted to because we went so long with the NFL. But I'm sure as we get closer to the season, we will be talking more and more baseball. Oh, that's going to wrap it up for the 17th episode of the 401. Thank you, Smothers, for coming on. Had a good conversation. Yeah, it was fun. It was a blast. I can't wait to be back. Yeah, we'll get you on more 401 episodes. And then, like I said, we will be launching a – Fantasy 401 uh, at some point in the future. I'll get more details on that later. But that'll wrap it up from us. We will see you Monday. See ya. Six deep in the rango. At the crib, one phone's in the mango. 